like we said, it's your first time here. You're very, very welcome. It's good to see you. If it's not, you're still welcome. It's good to see you. Um, today I'm going to be speaking on there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And as I was thinking over this week, um, I've just been thinking like there's been a theme over the last few sermons that we've had in church. We've heard about true salvation. We've heard about God being in the holy and and possessing the land and the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We've heard about faith. And what I really believe is that we are in a time of a great personal spiritual awakening in this church. And there's a corporate awakening where you just see like all over the globe, masses of people becoming Christians. But I believe in this church, the season that we're in is God personally waking us up saying, sit up, rise up, there's more. So today I want to speak to you wherever you are. If you're not a Christian and you're thinking there's got to be more to life, I'm here to tell you there is, and that is God. If you have no relationship with God, there's more. If you're a new Christian and you've just made a decision and you've just recently been saved, I'm here to tell you that there is more to Christianity. There's more. If you've been saved for a while and you've not really done anything with your Christianity and you're just coming to church and that's it, I'm here to tell you that there is more. There is more. If you are a mature Christian and you've been a Christian for a few years and you're in the routine of it now, when things happen, you don't really get knocked off your feet anymore. You, you can stand strong in the battle. I'm still here to tell you that there is more. So wherever you're at this morning, my message to you is there is more and God is here to give us more. We've got to press in. We've got to go and take it. And while I was preparing, there was a song that was just repeatedly playing in my mind. So I've asked Adam to sing it for me this morning. Um, and then I'll carry on with what I'm saying. To be in your presence. To sit at your This is 
got to be more. I'm here to tell you that there is more. The song says, to be in your presence, God, to sit at your feet, where your love surrounds me and, and makes me complete. To rest in your presence, not rushing away. To cherish each moment, here I will stay. This is my desire, Lord, this is my desire. God is a well that never runs dry. He is an unending well, but I'm here to tell you this morning that you've got to press in, you've got to dive in, you've got to stay there in the presence of the Lord to get everything that he has for you. And I'm not just talking financial blessings here, I'm talking peace, I'm talking joy, sanity, health, comfort, the fullness of God. The Bible says that God has promised us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything we need, God has, but we've got to go and get it. There's more, we have to go and get it. We need to be like Jacob in the Bible who wrestled with an angel all night and he said, I'm not leaving you until you bless me. We've got to be relentless with God. I'm not talking about the one minute prayers, the 30 second prayers that we pray in the morning. There is a time and a place of that, but I'm talking about being in the presence of the Lord, sitting there, communing with him, fellowshipping with him, taking time with him. Being so full of God, burning with a passion and a desire for God that it consumes us. When we're at home and we're worshipping and tears are rolling down our face because we're just so much in awe of God and how holy he is and how righteous he is and how perfect we are. He is and we realize that we are nothing without the Savior. There is more. There is more than just coming to church on a Sunday. I mean, this morning we had an awesome time where Mandy was like, this is the awkward time and people normally shut off because no one's actually singing. But those are the times when we press in and we say, Lord, this is my moment with you and I'm going to press in because there's more and I'm going to key in at that time and I'm not going to switch off. Because this is my personal time with you to dive in and to get more. I'm talking about the, the fullness of the creator of heaven and earth. If the one minute prayers and the one minute songs and that one song has been the basis of your Christian life, I'm here to challenge you this morning that it's not enough. It's not enough. You've been dipping your toe in. But there's a whole ocean of God. There's a, a whole ocean. And we've got to dive in and get more. Is God your desire this morning? Is he your desire? And some of you today are probably saying, what on earth is she talking about? So let me give you a practical example. So before Aya and I got married, um, and we were dating... We would plan our weekends and we would say, right, on this Saturday, we're going to meet up. We're going to spend all day together because we've been working all week. And we would start in the morning. We would go and catch a film, plan to get something to eat, and we'll spend the whole day together. So I knew I was going to see him that day. But the first thing I did when I woke up in the morning was send him a text. Say, hi, did you sleep well? All that kind of stuff. And then we would meet up. Would watch a movie, would go and get something to eat, would probably come back to my parents' house, um, spend the day together there, 
And when it was time for him to leave, because I wanted to spend as much time with him as possible, I would drive him to the bus station instead of letting him walk and get the bus. So we'd be in the car together. And then when we got to the bus station, it would be like, oh, I've missed that bus. Okay, I'll get the next one. And then we'll look at, we'll say the next one's at whatever time. And then we'll be like, oh, I've missed that bus as well. <laughs> I'll get the next one. And we'll sit in the car and we will still talk. And it'll be like, oh, gee, there's no more buses from this bus stop. We'll have to go to the other bus stop. And we'll drive to that next bus stop and be like, okay, well, this bus leaves from this time. And we'll normally wait until like the very last bus possible that he could get before he left. But that was because I wanted to spend as much time with him as possible. Is that how we are with God? Do we want to spend as much time with him as possible, learning about him and, and growing in him and searching through the scriptures and saying, Lord, teach me something. Show me something here. I'm not just going to read my one verse from my word for today. I, I want to know more about you. God, you must be more than this one verse. There's got to be more. There is more. But we've got to press in and take it. One of my favorite quotes about prayer is this. If you knew how much you needed God, you would pray more. If you knew how much you needed God, you would pray more. And God's been challenging me this week about, even for me as a mature enough Christian, <laughs> we get in a routine where we think, I'm fine, stuff happens, I'm good, I'm not being swayed, I'm, I'm not backsliding anymore, I'm not struggling with the, the other things that I used to struggle with anymore. But God's been like, no, but there's more. I am unending. I am a well that never runs dry. Take that time out. Spend that extra 10 minutes in my word. Put on a song and just say, Lord, for the next 10 minutes, it's me and you. Don't get stuck in your routines. There's more to God. There is more to this thing called God, to this thing called Christianity. This week I was, I was watching Gideon, my son, and I was in the kitchen and I put him on the floor so I can wash up and do other things. And Gideon likes anything that makes noise, anything bag of wipes, crisp packets, anything that makes noise, Gideon likes it. And he spotted a bag across the kitchen floor. And I saw him look at it, but I thought, he's pretty far away. He's not crawling yet. He's going to be fine. I'm carrying on washing up. And all of a sudden, he's trying to crawl at the minute. He gets up on his hands on his knees and he's rocking. He's rocking there and he's like, okay, he's planning. How can I get there? How can I get this? And I'm watching him out of the corner of my eye. And he lunges towards the bag. And I'm like, he's okay. And he sees the bag and he's there. He's stretching and he's reaching and he's stretching. And he's, he's trying, it's like a worm on the floor trying to get towards this bag, trying to get towards his bag. And he touches the bottom of the bag. And it makes the noise that he wanted it to make, that noise. And he's like, ah. Oh. I've got, I've got a little bit of it. But that wasn't enough for Gideon. He wanted more. So now he's like 
wriggling and turning over and rolling over and he's using all his might to press in and get this bag because he wants it for the noise that it makes. And he's wriggling over and he's wriggling over and he, ca- he starts pulling this bag. And now I'm just like, okay, now I need to stop him because that bag and everything in it is going to fall on him. But are we like that with God? God is in this analogy, God is like that bag and Gideon got a little piece of that bag and he heard the crinkle noise and he was just like, that's what I wanted. But he didn't stop because that wasn't enough. That little crinkle bag wasn't enough. He wanted the whole entire bag. So he kept wriggling and wriggling on the floor. And he's like, I'm going to get it. 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 Until I physically had to stop him. How are we with God? Are we enough with just that little crinkle sound? Are we, in, are we satisfied with the little Sunday mornings that we're getting? Are we at home just saying, no, Lord, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get everything that you have. I'm going to get everything that you are. I'm going to press in. I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to roll on the floor. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get it. This is the thing. God has depths that he wants us to get up in. So many places in scripture does it say that God wants to lavish us with so many things. He's not a selfish God. He's not got all this goodness up there and he doesn't want us to get it. But we've got to press in. We've got to be there saying, no, Lord, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave your presence. I'm not going to stop reading until you give me that word, until you give me that thing I need to say. I'm going to read a scripture from um, Mark 9, verse 17 to 29. And this is why this is important. Because for so many of us, we have trials and we have things that we're trying to overcome. But it's the power that we get in the secret place with the Lord from those times of communion with him that enable us to have those open victories. This is Mark 9, verse 17 to 29. And don't don't lose me through this long passage. It says, and someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down And he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes so rigid that I ask the disciples to cast it out and they were not able to. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, Immediately, it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled around, foaming at the, at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to you? How long have you been in this situation? How long have you been where you are? How long have you been praying about what's going on? And he said, from childhood. And it has, also, it has often cast him into the fire to destroy him. But if you can do anything... Have compassion on us. Help us. And Jesus said to him, if I can, all things are possible 
for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him never, and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that, so that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him and lifted him by the hand, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? What, what did we do wrong? We prayed too. What's going on? And Jesus said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. In this story, we've got a young boy who was ill, possessed by demons, and they, they knew who Jesus' disciples were, so the parents took this young boy to Jesus' disciples and were just like, pray that he gets healed. And nothing happened, and they had to go to Jesus, and then the disciples said, well, we prayed as well. What's going on? Why could you do it, Jesus, and why couldn't? And he said, this thing cannot be driven out by anything but fasting and prayer. And when I looked this up, the word for prayer there, it doesn't mean a short prayer. It means a place of prayer. So Jesus was saying to them, the reason why you are unable to cast this demon out of this young boy is because you hadn't been in a place of prayer and I read back in the scripture, and this is from the, the version in Luke. And if you go to Luke 9, verse 28, this is what happened before this story in the Bible. It says, now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him to the mountain, Peter and John and James, and they went up the mountain. And as he was praying, his face, his appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzled. So just before this instance, where Jesus cast out this demon from this young boy, he was on the mountain praying. He prayed so much that his physical appearance changed. The Bible said his face was altered and his, his clothes became like a dazzling white. When you spend time with God in the presence of God, in your word, in prayer, in worship, pressing in, saying, Lord, there's got to be more, and I want more of you. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. I'm not satisfied with where I am. I'm not satisfied with where I've been. I want more. I want more, and you're there, and you're saying, Lord, I'm not leaving until you give me more. Lord, I'm reading the scriptures, and there's all these things, all these things that you did, all these things that you said that you are, and I haven't seen them yet, so I'm going to stay here in your presence until you give all that to me. Guess what? Your physical world will change. There is no way you can be pressing into the Lord I say, Lord, give it to me. Lord, I want you. Lord, I want you. God, I'm hungry for you. Lord, I have a desire for you. There is no way. No way, I promise you, I promise you, if you press into the Lord and say, God, give me everything that you've got, your physical world will change because that is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the power of God. I'm going to dare to say that Jesus didn't just climb that mountain in a robe, in a dress, 
in small, small little sandals and spend one minute on that mountain praying. He didn't. He was up there so much. If you read that story of the transfiguration that Elijah and the prophets came down and he had a time up there and he was changed. Sunday service is not enough. It's not enough. Worship on a Sunday morning, it's not enough. There is more. There is more. And for some of you this morning who are saying, Lord, you know what? I am doing more because I serve in church. I, I come and I welcome people. I help in the cafe. I, I do this and I do that. I've got a story for you in the Bible. <laughs> and this is Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. And we all know the story, the story of Mary and Martha. Um, and I'll start reading. It says, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And he went up to him and, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying don't serve in church. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that just because you're serving in church, it doesn't mean you're serving God. It doesn't mean that you're pressing in in the secret places and you're just like, Lord, I'm serving. But your service must come from the overflow of your relationship with God in that secret place. Your service is not a substitute for what you should be doing in your private time at home with the Lord. Even though you are serving, we still have to be like, like Mary and, and sit at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, pour into my life. Pour into, because it's when the Lord pours into us that we're able to serve from our overflow and we are more effective in our overflow. But we've got to hang in there, press into the Lord and say, Lord, I want you. Lord, I want you. Lord, I want you. I want everything that you have for me. That's where the power is. The power isn't just in this Sunday mornings. It's great. But Sunday mornings are just to fan the flame of what you're already doing in your private life. And if you're doing nothing at home, then what, what, do, what are we fanning here? There's more. There's more. There is more. God wants us at his feet. At the feet of Jesus. Praying so much that it turns into groanings. I remember reading the story of the Welsh revival and there was, was one of the guys, I can't remember his name, but when they went back to his house after, by his bedside, the floor was dented because he prayed so much. Every great move of God came from a place of prayer and worship. It didn't come from just a, sun, a Sunday morning service. There were people that were praying and interceding for 
a long time and saying, Lord, pour out your spirit. Lord, pour out your spirit. Lord, give me your Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm not satisfied. Lord, I want more of you. God, give me all of you. They were there. They were persevering in that place of prayer and worship and saying, Lord, I want more. I want more. I'm not satisfied. And that's what I'm here to say today. I'm here to stir you up spiritually and be like, no, this isn't all. There is more. There is more. There's a couple of verses that I read in the Bible while preparing for this, and I'm just going to share them as well. Um, If Adam can can give me some nice background (laughs) music while I do this. If we really believe that God is this big, amazing, awesome God, that he has so much for us, that he can do anything, that he created the world, that he holds the stars in his hands, that he knows them each by name, then surely we should think, well then, is this it? Is this actually it? It's not. God has so much for us. So much. And when I'm saying press in, all I'm saying is spend time at his feet. Read your Bible and say, Lord, I don't understand this, but I'm asking for your Holy Spirit to show me, lead me. What does this mean? It's saying, okay, I've read this one scripture and I don't really get it, but... I'm going to go on Google, I'm going to type it in, and I'm going to see if somebody else has explained it to help me understand it. And oh, look, that links to another scripture. And oh, look, that leads to another scripture. And before you've known it, you've been there for half an hour in the presence of the Lord. And it's saying, do you know what? This song is playing in my heart at the minute. And I'm going to put it on and I'm going to sing it. And I'm going to keep singing it because it's on my heart. So God must have put it there and it's saying that, okay, do you know what? This song is moving me. I can feel the Holy Spirit moving me now. And then from that, God might lead you to start praying for your neighbor. And then your neighbor starts coming to church and your neighbor gets saved. But you've got to be there in the presence of the Lord. There is more. There is more. God's got more for us. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 9, it says, My soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. That's saying, Lord, when I see you, Lord, when you come down, when we call heaven down into our world, we learn righteousness. We're talking about changing the world and infecting our community and infecting our neighborhoods. Well, guess how we do that? Pressing in and saying, Lord, we want to see you come. We want to see you come. Psalms 42 verse 1 to 2. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul, it thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? It's saying, Lord, my heart, my soul, it thirsts. 
63, verse 1 to 8. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you. In this parched and weary land where there is no water, I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Lord, we want all of you. Lord, we're desperate for you. That has to be our cry. God, we want more of you. We're not satisfied with where you are, Lord. We know that you've got secrets. You've got things to speak to us about, to download to our heart. But we need to be there at your feet. I'm here to stir you up this morning and say, there is more. There is more to God. There is more. There is more to your Christianity. And if you're not a Christian, there's more to life. We're not just here shouting on stage, singing nice songs because we feel like it. We have tasted and we have seen the Holy Spirit and we know there's more. There is more. And I'm saying to you this morning, press in. Press in. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Learn about him. Pray to him. Cry out for more. And he will give you more. He will give you more because he is a good God. Press in this.